Do you, Q-tip, have you practiced the three A's? Welcome to episode 284 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Jamie, Debbie, Jennifer, and Beth. They use the donation button on our website. Thank you, Jamie, Debbie, Jennifer, and Beth, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we'd like to state that in this show, we represent ourselves rather than any 12-step program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you'll find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. Joining me today is Eric. Welcome, Eric. Good morning, Spencer. Again. (laughs) Right. So what Eric's referring to in the the little technical difficulties we had last week was that um, I forgot to unpause the recording after we paused it near the beginning of the show. And so we talked for like an hour without any recording. So we're doing it again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Eric sent me this wonderful gif of a panda just like folding up in shame. <laughs> oh, how could I have done that thing? It's a beautiful oh, gif. Oh, okay, so moving on. Yeah. Uh, March, March 26th from Courage to Change. Quote, anything worth doing, unquote, goes the slightly cockeyed version of the old saying. Quote, is worth doing badly. Perfectionism, procrastination, and paralysis are three of the worst effects of alcoholism upon my life. I have a tendency to spend my life waiting for the past to change. I want to spend the first hundred years of my life getting all the kinks ironed out and the next hundred years actually living. Such an inclination to avoid taking risks, to avoid doing anything badly, has prevented me from doing some of the things I enjoy the most. And it has kept me from the regular practice that produces progress. If I'm willing to perform a task badly, I can't expect to make progress toward learning to do it well. The only task that I can pretend to perform perfectly is the one that I have left entirely undone. Today's reminder, Elanon encourages me to take risks and to think of life not as a command performance, but as a continuing series of experiments from which I learn more about living. And the quote from James Russell Lowell, all the beautiful sentiments in the world weigh less than a single lovely action. Mm -hmm. That reading talks about one of our topics for today, which is the three P's. Um, What was that? Perfectionism, uh, paralysis and procrastination or something like that. Yes. This topic actually was suggested in a voicemail a few weeks ago by Sharon, if I remember correctly. She asked for acronyms and alliterations. And I asked you to write in with your favorites, and many of you did. Thank you. Thank you for that. A lot of these we've mentioned in previous shows, and we try to give you links to some of those where uh, you can hear maybe an expanded discussion on some of the topics that that we raise here today. And so we want to start today with one that uh, we got a couple of voicemails about, one from Roberta and one from Alexis. And everyone who helps out with the recovery show, this is Roberta from California. And I just wanted to add in some of my acronyms that I absolutely love. So fear, 
which a lot of us know, one of my favorite, face everything and recover. I know, in my opinion, a lot of people use the effed up, uh, emotional, uh, that one. So, But I love face everything and recover. And the other one that I absolutely love, and I love our acronyms, is PAUSE. Please assist until serenity enters. And I use that a lot, especially right now. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this podcast. It is such a part of my recovery, and I share it with everyone, and I actually show them on their phone how they can acquire this podcast because it is so valuable. Take care. Bye. Hi, my name is Alexis, and I'm calling from California. And I had a favorite acronym that I wanted to share. Face everything and recover fear. One of the things that hits so home for me with this acronym is knowing that running away isn't going to help me recover. But by choosing to face my fear, I will recover. Thank you so much for your show. I can't tell you how much. I appreciate it. So this one, Face Everything and Recover, is not actually the first acronym I heard for fear, but it it really is a good one. And I think the um, I think you've got a, a flip side of that one, right, that uh, wow. you sometimes have mentioned. Well, the funny version, yeah. Yes, the F funny every, version, F, right. F everything and run. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the point is that, that that would have been my reaction. And sometimes it's still, you know, my first feeling when, when something comes up that I'm afraid. I do want to just <laughs> F everything and run. I'm trying to think of a better F word that I could use there. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, forget everything and run. I think somebody might have said, yeah. But face everything and recover is what the program gives me, right? You know, I've heard this one used quite a bit. You know, fear in its true sense is something that I came in with really heavily burdened down by and still feel it on occasion. You know, I think our... This disease, this family disease creates a lot of fear. Call it anxiety, call it fear, you know, to the point where with me it became panic. Um, and it, and it led to paralysis, you know, one of the three Ps. I was just consumed with fear, fear of what would I face when I got home and worry, you know, about what might happen. Or what I expected to happen, doom and gloom. So the word itself is prevalent in a lot of our shares I hear in meetings, especially with people early in recovery. But, you know, this acronym turns it on its head. So it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And Roberta in her voicemail also mentioned one that I really, I don't think I'd heard before. It's a word that we use all the time, which is pause. She unpacked that to please assist until serenity enters. She says, I use that a lot. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one before, but that's it's 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 similar, right? It's like, okay, here's why I'm I'm pausing, I'm I'm gonna wait. Actually it's it's about pausing and asking for help from a higher power, right? Just simply pausing. Yeah, but just simply pausing, but then please assist until serenity yeah. enters. It's like, okay, I can't do this by myself, please God. Give me a little serenity so that I can keep going here. Thank you. 
I mean, I loved your uh, share about someone you'd heard that actually tattooed a pause button like you would see on your you know, VCR or on your phone on the wrist. And I put that image on my uh, wallpaper on my iPhone. Oh, so yeah? when I, yeah, when I touch my little, you know, screen to open it the lights phone, up with the pause button, big red pause button. Cool. You know, cool. Little reminder, you know, yeah. just how, how about just for once, take some breaths. Don't just do something, sit there and ask for guidance, you know, take, take five breaths, take 10 breaths. And, and listen for some a tool that might pop up. And I think that's the point. Like we we need that reminder sometimes, and and having it someplace that's just right there. Like, oh yeah, I forgot. I should pause. Yeah, a little ta- talisman. You know, I mean, whatever I use, I use a, a, a bracelet that I can look at and hold on to. I have a cross around my neck. I can sometimes just touch to remind me that it might just be better right now to take a break, take a time out. Don't react is the point. Yeah, I know. Choose a response. Choose a response. Respond instead of react is so important. Yep. And Mm -hmm. hmm, R-I-O-R. Nope. No acronym there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some clever one, but, you know, pause pause will do for now. Carla writes another acronym for fear. She says, I was reminded at a meeting last night of a helpful acronym for fear, false evidence appearing real. I find it helpful when trying to break a cycle of fear. When I hear the false evidence part associated with fear, I am reminded that my fears are, at least in parentheses, sometimes not based in reality or the present. And Kathy also left us a voicemail about this acronym, Kathy O. Hi, Spencer. This is Kathy from California. And since there are more than one Kathy's that I've heard of, I'll say Kathy O from California. I just wanted to share my favorite acronym with you would be the acronym for fear because I was raised in an alcoholic household. My whole life was propelled and driven by fear. And thank God I found two recovery programs that I qualify for, Al-Anon and ACA. When I first heard the an acronym for fear that was false evidence appearing real, that just struck a chord in me. And I realized how fear-driven my entire life was and how it would overtake any kind of sensibilities in my life. So everything to me was false evidence appearing real in the beginning, certainly, of my recovery. And then the next acronym I heard for fear was F for expletive, everything and run. And I realized my whole life that's what I had been doing as well. Fight or flight, but mostly flight. Mostly I tried to run as fast as I could that from everything that scared me and almost everything scared me. So I was constantly fleeing. But my favorite acronym for fear now is face everything and recover. And I can only do that with the help of a power greater than myself and my two beloved fellowships that uh, and the people in them of Al-Anon and ACA and, of course, podcasts like yours that help me in between those meetings. So thank you for everything you do. Bye. This, this acronym for fear is the one that I heard first. 
I don't know how early in my recovery I was, but it was in a meeting and somebody, I think the topic of fear came up. The, the meeting that I started going to that was my home group for a long time, the format of the meeting is that one member gives a 10-minute lead on a topic of their choosing. Our meeting introduction says a topic chosen from the book, How Al-Anon Works, which basically means just about any topic in, in Al-Anon recovery, right? But that's the, the book that that meeting has chosen to use as their, as their basis. And somebody was talking about fear, and they mentioned this acronym, False Evidence Appearing Real. And I just like, as, as Carla said, you know, false evidence, like the thing that I'm fearing might not even be real. And so often, particularly early in recovery, I was fearing stuff that might happen in the future. I've heard it said many times, I think I've said it myself, that probably to sponsees, right? That when I'm in fear, I'm living in the future. And when I'm angry or resentful, I'm living in the past. If I can recognize that the evidence of what I think might happen in the future doesn't mean that it's absolutely going to happen, that can help me work through the fear, set the fear aside, ask for help from my higher power. How about you? Have you heard that one? Of course. I mean, that was one that's often used. And, you know, it goes back to the saying that we've shared many times, you know, trying to not live in the wreckage of the future. Yes. That's where fear can uh, overwhelm us and we lose our ability to stay present and in the moment. Yeah. So we got a voicemail about an acronym again, um, one that I hadn't heard before. Hi, Spencer. This is Vanessa calling from Los Angeles. And I, first of all, just wanted to thank you so much for this amazing service that you are doing for us. I'm so grateful for your show. I'm in a place right now where it's really hard to make meetings because I'm in a very intensive school program and I do commute three hours a day, which gives me a lot of opportunity to listen to your show. And it has been so helpful. I'm also calling in because you requested our favorite acronyms and my favorite acronym is LOVE. Let others voluntarily evolve. I really loved that one. Love, love. So I wanted to share that because it's been really helpful for me when I want to start controlling other people's behaviors and their growth and all that fun stuff. So Amy, thank you so much for doing what you do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing your show about acronyms and alliteration. Love, let others voluntarily evolve. What's funny is last week we talked about this you know, and it's like, oh, wow, I haven't heard that before, but it's really, you know, the Sting song, right? If you love somebody, set them free. I went to church after we talked, and in the sermon, the minister was talking about how love that seeks to constrain and confine someone else, love that seeks to control, is a toxic form of love. And he mentioned the Sting song, and he remembered hearing that song when he was young and thinking, that's crazy. That's insane. If you love somebody, set them free. But he's come around to that understanding that if we really want to love somebody, we have to let them be who they are. And so this let others voluntarily evolve uh, acronym reminds me of that. And and that was so key, too, in my early and middle and late recovery that, you know, I have to let my loved ones be who they are. If I try to make them who I want them to be, we're both going to be unhappy. Yeah, I like it. I I don't uh I don't recall hearing this one before. 
I mean, let go and let God certainly comes in on this one. And I think uh, what I heard uh, that reminds me of this was when I was at the family week at my daughter's rehab, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago now. She was only 16, maybe 15. The person leading the parents group said something that really stuck with me for a very long time. He was talking about that he'd been married for 30-something years, and he and his wife are both in recovery, which he may not have even mentioned till later, but it became obvious to everyone. And he said, you know, I can honestly tell everyone here that I love my wife. I, I truly do. But I can also say that I don't need her. And that really struck me. Um, you know, it's the whole issue of codependence. It's, it's talked about in the promises or the gifts some people refer to in Al-Anon, it says, we will love others without losing ourselves, and we will learn to accept love in return. Yeah, it's just, it's right there. I mean, that is one of the things that we hope to gain from this process of recovery in Al-Anon is the ability to love without losing ourselves. And that, to me, speaks to that one. Yeah, and those promises, those gifts of Al-Anon, are listed in the book From Survival to Recovery, which I'll make a reference to in the in the notes. And you know, I often say the show notes at the recovery.show slash two eighty-four. Most podcast players on your phone, also you can just swipe left, swipe up, depending what podcast player it is, and you can get to the show notes right there. Often they will show the links. So that may be an easier way to get to things for, for you if you're on your phone. You referenced Force versus Power, episode 249, in, in uh, relation to this one earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I honestly did believe in the beginning that I could love my alcoholic sober. Right. And I could hug my addict straight. It just didn't work. I mean, I just lost myself, just like it says in, you know, the gifts, without losing ourselves. You know, I can love you, but I don't need you to survive. I can breathe without you providing my oxygen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Of course, this one goes back to one of the fundamental phrases of Al-Anon, one of the fundamental slogans of Al-Anon, which is really the first one that I picked up, which is let go and let God. Pat calls about the acronym JADE, Justify, Argue, Defend, or Explain. Hey, Spencer, this is Pat from the West Coast again. The thing I wanted to say is regarding favorite acronyms, I love JADE, J-A-D-E. Don't justify, argue, defend, or explain. Man, if I could do that. So the one that's worked for me so far have been a couple other ones, but Jade is the one that really reminds me of of the things I need to remember now, especially in terms of conflict and when I'm feeling defensive. Just keep things from escalating. Those are a couple thoughts, and thank you, as always, for your service. I, I really appreciate it so much, and have a great week. Bye-bye. Mark said, when a member recently shared about Jade, I saw my own struggle with the truth, saying what I mean, meaning what I say, and not saying it meanly. I need to practice this and then practice letting it go. So have you heard Jade before? I have not. I don't believe I have. If I did, I didn't, you know, make a mental note of it. But I like it. It references, you know, one of my favorite readings, June 6th from Courage to Change, how easy it can be to justify our own acceptable behavior. Perhaps we excuse ourselves, claiming that we were provoked and had no choice. Or we dismiss our actions by telling ourselves that everybody does the same thing. With these and other justifications, we pretend that our wrongs don't count. 
This denial must be overcome when we take the fourth step. With this step, we take a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. It is fearless because of the strong spiritual foundation we have established by taking the first three steps. It is moral because we list what we feel has been right or wrong about our conduct, and it is searching. The only way we can take this step thoroughly searchingly is to resist the desire to justify and excuse what we uncover. It may demand courage and self-discipline, but by freely acknowledging who we have been, we can make positive changes about who we are becoming. Here's the quote. I'll just go to that. It says, Pearl Bailey said, you never find yourself until you face the truth. That's a great reading for this, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm reminded, of course, that we talked about Would You Rather Be Right or Happy just a a few weeks ago, episode 276, Mm -hmm. which this don't justify, argue, defend, or explain. I mean, if I try to justify, argue, defend, and explain, I'm trying to be right. And sometimes it's just not worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If I recall that episode, you know, I mean, the arguments ensued with you and your wife about was it was it Tuesday or Wednesday when that happened? Exactly. It was it it was Tuesday. No, no, no. It was Wednesday. It was Tuesday. Okay. You want me to get the calendar? (laughs) You know, absolutely had zero bearing on the conversation. But in the past, I'd have gone to the mat on it. And it's just completely fruitless. Good one. Next, one of your favorites, weight. Yeah. Why am I talking? Mark writes on this one. One I like and in a passive-aggressive way apply to others. Wait, why am I talking? Yet I know it's me who needs to work on holding my sarcastic tongue. You know, I've added that another T to the end of it. Why am I thinking? All right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I can overanalyze and what's the meaning behind it? And why did she use that word? And how about if I just insert a, an a pause, a comma, and my, you look at my grammar, I mean, oh, stop. Mm-hmm. You know, obsessive thinking is, again, you know, a fallout, an unfortunate fallout of this disease, you know, trying to be perfect, trying to place every word in the context. If I just say it in this way or that way, it'll make a big difference, you know. Just, just shut up. I mean, stop. Go to a meeting. Call your sponsor. Why am I thinking? <laughs> Slow down. Hit the pause button. You know, maybe just taking a break is what I need here. And just for one thing, the other version is, you know, listen. I mean, listening has been a huge, you know, positive benefit of going to these rooms when we came in so confused and confounded and spinning and in chaos, just going so fast that we didn't have time to think. Yep. It was just, it was just crisis management. Yep. So, I mean, I love this one. It's just right up there with pause. One of my favorites. I went to an Al-Anon panel yesterday afternoon. Each person on the panel sort of did about a 10-minute or something talk about the topic. And then at the end, this was a pretty clever thing they did. They passed out, at the beginning, they passed out little index cards and, and pencils and pens. And if you had a question, you could write the question on the index card, and then they collected them in a basket in the middle. And then at the end, they addressed those questions to the panel. And there was one question, I was like... I know the answer. I know the answer. I know my answer. I want to answer this. But I didn't. I waited because I was not somebody who was up front on the panel. I was sitting in the, you know, in the audience, right? It was not my place. It was not my time. So I waited. And, uh, you know, the people, some of the people on the panel gave their answers and they weren't my answer, but that's okay. I don't have to put myself forward like that all the time. But in the past, that was, oh man, I would have like jumped up and said, uh, can I say something? 
No, not doing that these days. Wait. Uh, Something that didn't reference last time we spoke about this is neutral responses. You know, they come up with all the time. I've so I've never seen them anywhere but one place, and here's a good place to maybe reference them again. Yeah. You know, I, these days to just listen. You know, I, I reference this with responses, and sometimes with my daughters. You know, you get two ears and one mouth. Okay, sit and listen and developing listening skills. I've heard people say focused, I'm not sure the right word, focused or intent listening Mm. is the ultimate form of love. Sometimes just when someone is saying something you don't quite agree with, just simply replying, "Uh uh-huh, is good enough. And, you know, it just it gives me back my power. I don't have to respond. I don't have to disagree. I don't have to, you know, deny. I don't have to correct you know, point out that they're wrong. It was actually Wednesday. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. how about just that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow, let me think about that. But anyway, neutral responses are a great way to practice this word of wait. You know, take a break. Yep, active listening may be what you're thinking about. That's what it is. Yep, is the ultimate form of love, ultimate demonstration of love, something like that. We got an email from Amy about the acronym HALT. She writes, "I often use the acronym HALT." And she adds parenthesis S, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. I add in sick because I sometimes don't recognize when I'm getting sick, starting to get to feel better or feeling mildly sick. I find that I am often irritable, cranky, and don't make my best judgments when I am any of the above. It is easier to be aware and extra careful before I need to make amends or fix something that I've done. I've not heard of the HALT acronym before, and when I heard it on the recovery show, it hit me. That acronym perfectly captures me when I am at the most risk for poor judgment with myself and others. I'm much better at realizing why I snapped at someone or was cranky quickly after it happens, but I'm trying to be better at preventing it. Angry I have a handle on, but I find that hungry, lonely, tired, and sick are the ones that sneak up on me and catch me by surprise. Suddenly, I feel something, and why can't I push through it? Lol. But I'm working on it, and I'm doing better. Progress, not perfection, works well here. We also had uh, voicemails from Kristen and Carla about HALT as well. Hi, it's Kristen calling from Connecticut. I have to say, just listen to episode 279, Do You Like Yourself? What a great episode. I had so much fun listening, and Spencer, you were in top form. I laughed hysterically several times, and I really identified with a lot of the concepts that you used. It was fun. I'm calling in about the alliteration, and the one I use the most is HALT. When I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, these are times when I need to step back and not make a decision. These are times when I need to be vigilant about how I enter a room, if there's going to be conflict. I know how to take care of myself now. Because of the program, I have a good self-care program and plan Bs and that kind of thing. So it's important that I realize and keep track of if I'm hungry, angry, lonely, or tired to take care of those things first and then greet a situation. That way I won't get into an argument and I won't be as blindsided. That happens a lot in alcoholic relationship that all of a sudden things are not what they seem they could be, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So HALT really helps me and I'm grateful for your podcast 
and for the program. Thank you. Hi, Spencer. It's Carla from California again. Uh, I'm going to go with one of the, the basic ones I kind of learned and used first, which is HALT. And it's one that, especially nowadays, seems to be very well known, but I think it paid a lot of dividends for me, especially early in my recovery. Just kind of, for one, reminding me to go back to the basics. So checking in, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And making sure that I had kind of plans for how to address any of these. And I became more prepared to kind of do these basic self-care things when I saw any of that coming up for me. So it was really a good one because anytime I'm confronted with a situation, if I don't have those basics covered, then whatever the difficulty is, is just so much larger than it needs to be, so much more daunting and so much more difficult to tackle. I like to check in. Am I, am I going to halt? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and then take care of that problem first. Thank you for, again, all that you do with the podcast, and I wish everyone well. I want to just thank, again, everybody who, who wrote or called in. You know, the, the whole idea, again, I mean, what is this saying? It's saying pause, wait, halt. All these things are saying just yeah. slow down and stop, take a breath. You know, your first thought, wrong thought, my, my sponsor sometimes says. Oh, yeah. Choose a response, don't react. That is what this entire program has helped me uh, to be more in control of my own emotions. I'm reminded of on a particularly anxious day, I was on my way to court, I would say, if I recall correctly. And I was full of anxiety. I was going to yet again face my ex-wife about something that she had filed motions about, who knows, alimony, whatever, child support. I was running through all the possible scenarios and how I prepared on the phone with my sponsor on the way to the courthouse at nine in the morning. And after listening for quite a while, he simply replied, have you had breakfast? Huh. <laughs> I said, uh, no. He goes, huh. You might want to get something to eat. You know? Yeah. I mean, self-care. Take a, take a rest if, and take, get something to eat. Call a friend. These are all good examples of how to take care of ourselves first. Yep. Yep. My wife and I remind each other about halt frequently because it's like, Hey, have you had something to eat? Are you, are you tired? I'm like, Oh, yeah, oh, maybe I should do that, and then we can come back to this conversation. If I'm angry, you know, go take a walk, move a muscle, change a thought. I, I just made I made up one here. I don't know if it ever would get get any traction. Stop. I'd love to find an acronym, you know, for stop. So I just wrote slow to observe possibilities. How about that? Slow to observe possibilities. Okay. All right. Sure. <laughs> okay. Slow down. Right. Slow down to observe possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I recall hearing hungry, angry, lonely, tired in one of my early meetings and too, yeah. thinking, oh, that's brilliant. And of course, you know, also applying it to my loved one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's cranky because she's hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, maybe not recognizing it in myself. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, think 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 about a baby. You know, I mean, what what, what happens when you have an infant when they get Oh my cranky? god! Yeah, they're they're one of those things. Yep. They're hungry, they're angry, they're lonely, or they're tired. I mean, usually with that much hungry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> yep. Take care of first things first. That's a good one that comes up here. Matthew sent in a couple that again I hadn't 
run into before. One is nuts not using the steps or slogans. And the other one that he sent in was trust, try really using step three. And I was like, oh, because what is step three about? Step three is about trusting our higher power. It was in the panel yesterday, the person was talking about coming to be able to trust, having grown up in a family where trust was not a thing, that he didn't you know, trust his parents, he didn't trust his siblings, and that learning to first trust a higher power then brought him to be able to start to trust other people and to start to trust himself. And and step three is a huge part of that, I think. Yeah, I made a decision. I haven't heard this one. I like it. Try really using step three. Yeah. Made a decision. Yeah, that's out of my hands. Uh, do the best I can and turn it over. like it. And then we have think. Is it thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, and kind? That's that's on my short list. Yeah. We talked about this in uh, one of our slogans episodes, number 131, slogans part one, we called it, in the expectation that there would someday be a part two, which I think there eventually was. Yep. I found it in, in the book that I had originally found it. It's in the book Paths to Recovery and the discussion of step, step 10. And it's about, you know, this is one of these places where when we're wrong, we promptly admit it, or maybe we can think before we do something, before we say something, is it thoughtful, honest, intelligent, necessary, and kind? Because if it's not, it might be something we're going to have to make amends for later. And so if we don't want to have to make amends for it later, maybe we should pause. Maybe we should stop or halt, right? Yeah, I mean, the point is to interrupt our old behavior by sticking something in between where we want to react. And this one gives me, you know, five words. That's a nice big break. Yep. Is what I'm thinking or want to do thoughtful? I don't know. Honest? I think so. Intelligent? Okay. Necessary? Yeah. Is where I usually stop. I usually stop on necessary. You know what? Does this have to be said? Does it have to be said now? Does it have to be said by me? Yeah. I usually stop on necessary. Which reminds me of the slogan, how important is it? Of course. That's the one. And I found a, a little uh, a paragraph or a couple sentences from One Day at a Time in Al-Anon, which we sometimes abbreviate to ODAT. Another acronym. Yep. Uh, this was on page 20, uh, which I guess is probably January 20th. If only I can learn to quiet my mind before I speak, I do not want to act with impatience and hostility, for I know it will react on me. It is a mistake to think this requires self-control. Patience can be acquired by learning to let go of self-will. Jonathan Swift said, whoever is out of patience is out of possession of his soul. Men must not turn into bees who kill themselves in stinging others. And there's, yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take the medicine. I'm going to take the uh, poison to kill you. Yep. That's Uh. exactly what we don't want to do. One that uh, showed up in a list of top 10 Al-Anon sayings on the internet, hope Happy Our Program Exists. Again, from One Day at a Time in Al-Anon, page 94. The first gift a newcomer receives from contact with Al-Anon is hope. Seeing how others rise above their problems, listening to situations worse than their own, absorbing the atmosphere of love and goodwill, send them home with a new lease on life. So hope, I mean, hope is really important. We had a whole episode on hope, episode 65, about hope, and then we did one on miracles. 
Yeah, called Do You Believe? Do You Believe, right, which is episode 270, pretty recently. Right before Christmas. But hope is, that is something that I found, maybe, ironically, I found it going to AA speaker talks, because my loved one was still in her addiction at that point, was still actively drinking, and to hear these stories of of people who were in recovery who had gone through sometimes really horrible places, really low bottoms, gave me hope that that could happen for her too, you know? Yeah. Okay, detach. And we have so many episodes about detachment or the uh, that, that touch on detachment. Somebody came up with an acronym for detach. Don't even think about changing him or her. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it means, right? Another reading from One Day at a Time in Ellen, I mean, it's all over the place here. How can I best help the alcoholic by not interfering when he gets into difficulties? I must detach myself from his shortcoming, neither making up for them nor criticizing them. Let me learn to play my own role and leave his to him. If he fails in it, the failure is not mine, no matter what others may think or say about it. That right there, the failure is not mine. I mean, that I I felt that it was my failure, right? And so... One of the things that detachment, learning to detach, which, oh my God, that took a long time. I didn't even understand what it meant at first. Learning to detach. Let me let go of the notion that this failure to fix the alcoholism was my failure. Two episodes that jump right out at me here. Consequences, which we did, episode 245. You know, sometimes I just have to let somebody fall. And the other one, which we didn't reference, but enabling. You know, that certainly absolutely ties into, uh, you know, I have to let somebody fail, even though it's painful for me to watch a child struggling. I want to save. I want to do it for them. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, it is taking away their ability to learn from making mistakes. I mean, there's obviously a line when it becomes perilous or. Sure dangerous but you know enabling versus empowering you know i I keep my power and don't give it away when i let people take responsibility and have the consequences associated good or bad for their behavior yep good one yep and i mentioned there are a couple of episodes that are explicitly about detachment number 12 and number 188 how honest open and willing this is something i hear all the time from my aa friends how the program works by being honest, open, and willing. But I don't recall really hearing it in Al-Anon. Have you heard it in Al-Anon rooms? Not so much. I mean, I've heard the words honest, keep an open mind, and being willing. That's, that's Those three words are referenced all over the place. Yeah. But the acronym I've not heard often. How important is it? You know, yep, sure. Yep, I mean, yep. the, yeah, it's all, it's all over, but I haven't heard it so much used as an acronym. But it's a good one. I think also, now that I think about it for a minute, I think this is an acronym that also refers to the first three steps, that in step one, we get honest with ourselves about our powerlessness. In step two, we become open to the possibility of help. And in step three, we become willing to ask for that help. Wow. Perfect. I didn't, I didn't put that together. No, I, I'm just I'm digging that out of my memory that I think I heard that uh, from, again, from AA people, you know? Yeah, came, came to, came to believe. Exactly. Another one that I hadn't seen before, but is great. Steps are solutions to every problem. 
I guess it's really step. I don't know where the extra S comes in. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, sh- uh, surely. Surely, okay. yes. Steps are a solution to every problem. Surely. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I told you not to call me Shirley. Hey, here we go. Never gets old. Oh, never, never, never. Nope. I mean, the steps are all over the podcast. We talk about the, the steps and, and how we apply the steps, I think, probably in just about every single episode. Mm-hmm. And then here's my favorite. My first AWOL group, my first group where we studied the steps together, AWOL stands for a way of life or way of living. One of the people in the group pulled out a Q-tip from her purse and said, I carry this with me to remind me to quit taking it personally. Man, that I need that one. I need like a Q-tip tattooed on my wrist or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> right next to the pause. You want pause button on one wrist? A, a Q-tip, on, Q-tip the other. on the other yep. or in the pocket, yep. yeah. And a relevant quote from One Day at a Time in Al-Anon. This one's on page 55. When the guilt of the alcoholic explodes, I must realize that it is always aimed at those nearest and often dearest. I want to remind myself that such outbursts only reveal the drinker's own unhappiness. I will not make the situation worse by taking seriously what the alcoholic says at such times. It reminds me also about the, you know, not picking up the rope when our alcoholic throws out some accusation or some point of argument that if I don't take it personally, if I don't pick it up, uh, then the argument either doesn't happen or doesn't happen nearly as loudly as it would if I engaged. It is so easy for me to take the sort of hurtful things that somebody in the grips of an addiction or in the grips of strong emotion says to me that are really about their own pain, but I take them as attacks on me and then boom, there we go. I heard I heard a great thing to bring up right now in this. I heard it at yesterday's meeting, my Saturday morning meeting, a large group. Someone said, um, and this seems to be, you know, just the awareness that this is coming from a person. You know, consider the source. And she said, the alcoholic's primary tools or weapons are to create anxiety and provoke loss of temper. So if I think that this is coming from the disease, I can quit taking it personally. Is that is a weapon that the alcoholic uses to provoke loss of temper and create anxiety. So let it go. Yes, indeed. Julie left us a voicemail about another one that I don't know how we left it out the first time we did this. So I'm glad she called. Here's Julie. Hi, I just wanted to leave a message. Uh, my name is Judy. So blessed to have a ton of recovery in my family in both AA, NA, and Al-Anon and uh, tons of family members. So I've been in program for years and Alan on in Love Your Program. So with my brother who has over 22 years in AA, the, his favorite acronym, and I'm going to censor this so I do not curse on your, um, on your podcast. The first one is sign, S-I-N-E, effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. So we use the sign all the time. If you ask someone if they're fine and they say fine, <laughs> that's what it means. The second one is nuts. I just heard this one recently, and it stands for not using the steps. And that's exactly what happens to me. I am nuts if I do not use the steps. So thank you so much. Appreciate all you do and love your podcast. Bye-bye. And, uh, and Julie talks about fine the uh, effed up, insecure, neurotic, emotional, or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and she tries very hard to avoid the F word in her voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the What's the E for? Uh, emotional. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, again, this is one that this fine acronym is one that I seem to have heard pretty early more as a, as a sort of a joke acronym, right? I mean, it's about when, when I say I feel fine, right? That means I'm actually not fine. I'm fouled up, insecure, neurotic, emotional, excited, nervous. There's all kinds of, of, of words you can put on those letters, right? Well, I used to go, I, you know, look, I mean, when I was, uh, and still often with my daughters, I call, I call it the four letter F word. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, how are you doing today? Fine. Oh, you know, that's, that's really not a description. I mean, how are you feeling? Fine. Four letter F word. I'm getting F bombed again. <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> you know, that's, that was the go to answer to any question that I would ask my daughter. Uh, you know, years ago when I was trying to find out how you're feeling, how do you feel about that? I'm fine. Uh, all right. It's gotten better. Fouled up. I like fouled up. up. Yeah. You well, know, it's, it's something we go. can say and, and, and not <laughs> yeah. have to mark the podcast explicit, in, right? In mixed company. Yeah. Well, you don't need parental advice. Yeah. So, uh, Martin from the UK wrote in with, with a long list, some of which we've talked about, thought we might touch on them briefly. He he has anger, a negative grudge, and dangerous recovery. Not heard that one. Ask, ask, seek, knock. Change. Choosing honestly allows new growth every day. Cool. Creative opportunities offer love. Okay, detach we talked about. Ego. How do we miss ego? Easing God out. I've heard that one before, definitely. Like when I am acting out of my ego, I am not. Definitely, almost always not, you know, following the, the, the will of my higher power, which allegedly in step three, I gave my will over to the care of my higher power. So if I'm easing God out, I'm probably in ego, and that usually doesn't end well. Faith, finding answers in the heart. Fear, three different fear, four different fear acronyms. Forgetting everything is all right is one that I have not seen before, and it misses the R, actually. So, oh, all right, got it. Fear, future events aren't real. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Frog. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Frog, fully relying on God. <laughs> Ribbit. We need one for Ribbit. Ribbit. <laughs> yeah. uh, gifts, getting it from the steps. Okay, another one referencing the steps. God, good orderly direction. I've heard that one before. I've heard a number of God acronyms. I've heard that one three times yesterday alone. Really? Good orderly direction. Good orderly yep. direction, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a meeting on step two. Yeah. Again, from, from the AA side, you know, if you're having trouble with God, think of God as gang of drunks because that's what we are, right? <laughs> and and you can get direction from, from the group, from the gang that's of drunks. Wow. You haven't heard that one before? No, no, good. <laughs> halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, healing. Healing, enjoying, and recovering together. That that doesn't quite work for me. Hope, helping ourselves purge emptiness. All right. Yeah. How, Jade, love, M-Y-O-B, well, yeah. <laughs> Mind your own darn business. Mm. Nuts, push, pray until something happens. Whoa, good. Yeah, instead of like, 
you know, pushing, 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 yeah. turn it into praying. That's that's a good one. Wow, force, force versus power right there. Exactly. Q-tip, steps, think, wait. So he's got a, 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 wow. a good list there, and that list will be in the show notes again. Who sent that? Guy named Martin from the UK. Wow. Yeah, and UK. and I tried not to uh, you know use my fake uh, English accent to read it, so because <laughs> that would just be gross. Use kindness, UK. There we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just, now, now I'm just making crap up. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you know what? In, in the early days, I used to sit in the rooms and try to make up acronyms, you know, just because these shorthands, again, they're just like a version of the slogans. It's the pocket change that I need when I'm out in the real world in all my affairs. I can't remember the step necessarily or a passage from a reading, but I can remember Q-tip, you know? I can remember God. I can certainly remember weight, halt. Those are easy. I can keep them in my pocket. You can write them on your hand, eh? I did. For a while, I had P-I-S-O. I I shared that last time. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. I had it written on my palm with a black marker for a while. So you can say, oh. A little crazy. This hurt? (laughs) Oh, right. Okay, but I don't have to suffer. Exactly. It's a choice to suffer. And you had a couple others here. UTT, use the tools. Use the tools. I had that on my hand for a while, too. Right. And again, that's, you know, maybe that's not like a word, but it's short enough you can write it on your hand. Yeah, UTT. And and when people look at it, they're like, what's that? Oh, so just to remind myself about something, it's okay. You know? <laughs> I'm not entirely crazy. It means something to me. Yep. The other part of, of the uh, call was for alliterations, which are kind of like acronyms, except they're the same letter several times, like... The three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. Sharon left the voicemail where she talks about this. Hi, Spencer. It's Sharon here calling from Sydney again. I'm very excited about the Al-Anon acronyms and alliteration episode that you're talking about pulling together, and hopefully I'm not too late to contribute. My favorite alliteration is awareness, acceptance, and action And I really like it because it reminds me that if you try and jump from awareness, something's wrong, to action, i got to do something about it, without going through acceptance, it's seldom going to be the right action. It's more likely to be a reaction rather than a response. So awareness and acceptance and action, sometimes I ask myself if I'm trying to work out what to do, Am I sitting in acceptance yet? And if not, how can I get to acceptance before I go to action? So really looking forward to listening to this episode. Thanks a lot. Bye. And then Amy wrote, I also love the alliteration of the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. I used to always jump to action, but Elanon has given me the option and permission to stop at awareness and or acceptance before jumping to action. Also, Alanon reminds me that doing nothing or waiting are actions. My life has been so much easier since I've been practicing the three A's. This year, I am trying to focus my program on using awareness and acceptance more often. These ideas are so hard and opposite of what I grew up with and am naturally inclined to do. And we did have an episode on the three A's. That's episode 43. How do you uh, use these? I'm sure you use these. Oh, three A's is mentioned uh, all the time. You know, and, and it's a really good one because, it, again, it goes back to practicing a slowing down and thinking 
and not just reacting. And, you know, action is not reaction. You know, old behavior was awareness, acceptance, react. Okay. And, in the, and usually react preceded awareness, acceptance. <laughs> react, awareness. <laughs> yeah. Ray. Yeah. I mean, the point of all this stuff is to slow down, think, and take a break, like, oh, absorb it. You know, this is reality. Don't live in denial. Mm -hmm. And then what's the best course of action? And sometimes it's to do nothing, yeah. walk away. Yeah. Often that I find is where I get to after going through the first two A's, the action is let it go. Yeah, my uh, tendency as, as yours was awareness action or yeah. awareness reaction, right? Stick that acceptance in the middle. Like you said, it reminds me to pause, but it also gives me a space in which to better understand what is really happening. Because sometimes my first awareness is also not right. And if I take the time to say, okay, this is what's happening, but what is this? I can come to a better action, you know? So I was aware that I was not happy living with an alcoholic, okay? This is what happened actually before I came into the program. I was aware that I was not happy with the way things are. My sort of internal reaction was to run away, except that if I run away, then I also throw away a lot of stuff. And it's, there would be a lot of work involved in running away. So what do I do? Ah! Freeze. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's a tense freeze. It's a, it's a frozen between two alternatives, neither of which is what I want. So it's kind of a vibrating freeze, if you if you understand that, right? And what Al-Anon gave me, what Al-Anon told me, what I heard in the rooms was, you don't have to make a decision right now. You don't have to take an action right now. Your life is not in danger. Yeah, you're miserable, but you don't know yet what the path is to get you out of your misery. And what it turned out was the path out of my misery was not one that I could have envisioned at that moment. Because the path out of my misery, misery was through the program, through the steps. And that was not something that was even anywhere in my line of sight when I was frozen between those two alternatives. Taking the time to really become aware and to accept, okay, this is, this is what's going on, but what do I want before taking action was so important. Yeah, this, the phrase that I like to use a lot these days is uh, comes to mind here is when in doubt, don't. Yep, yep. You know, I got to just pause. And the other episode that comes to mind here is the one we did on choices. Ah, choices, you know, yeah. When, when I haven't, when, when I am aware enough to notice what is acceptable, for instance, or unacceptable, I didn't, I used to not know. You know, I was just so trampled down and beaten that I, I just accept unacceptable behavior routinely just to avoid an argument and a fight. But now I'm much more aware. That's, you know, that's unacceptable. I'm aware of it. And, I am going to accept the fact that you did that, okay? And now I'm going to make a choice on what action to take. So choice is probably a good one here. No, didn't, no doubt. And yeah. I heard I heard in a meeting years ago, and I love it, and I thought I'd write it in here. I wrote it in, uh, on the margin. It says, I uh, heard uh, in a huge meeting up in Westport, Connecticut, it said uh, a guy finished his share by saying, you know, I don't have to win anything today. Mm. And that's to me speaks to this, you know, my action may be just to walk away. Yeah. It's, it's empower it's empowering to just say I'm not going to do anything. I don't have How to win that? anything today. Yeah. How about that? Isn't that cool? Mm -hmm. Another 3, 3 Ps, perfection, procrastination, paralysis, the reading we opened the episode with. 
Um, and there was, again, there was a whole episode on that, uh, number 219. For me, and I put them in that order deliberately, and I think they might have been in that order in the in the reading, because it is my desire for perfection that causes me to procrastinate and leads to paralysis. If I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it. Um, that is so harmful to me. At, at work, where you know we're building software, okay, we're, it's never perfect. We say often we say perfection is the enemy of good. And if you go for perfect, you don't ever get to good. We are aiming for good. We're aiming for good enough. I've heard the forms reference, but martyrdom is the one that jumps out at me. Uh, it reminds me at uh, one of the conventions i don't know how many years ago i heard someone speaking and one of the you know our convention here in connecticut uh at cromwell is actually next weekend and it's you know six seven hundred sometimes eight hundred people the topic of one of the workshops was humor and we've done that too laughter we did an episode on she was uh, in a bathrobe and her hair was in like a i don't know in a towel or something mm-hmm. and she was on the panel of three people speaking mm-hmm. and there was standing room only as you can imagine that room was packed and she said you know i used to wake up i think she had like a southern accent i used to wake up every morning and I would have my bathrobe on, my slippers on. I just wanted you to know how miserable I was. <laughs> and I'd start my bit, my day by saying, let's play. Guess what I'm mad about? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Seems to go with martyrdom. Oh, man. Let's play the game. Guess what I'm mad about? <laughs> I know I ran into those those four M's in, in one of our pieces of literature, but I can't figure out which one it is right now. We, I did do an episode on the four M's, number 84, and uh, maybe I mentioned in the episode where I found it. Oh, the next one's so big, and Jennifer writes about this. The three C's. I didn't cause it. I can't control it. I can't cure it. These have really helped me dealing with my adult alcoholic child, especially I didn't cause it. It's so easy to carry the guilt that we must have done something wrong as a parent that he started drinking, but we didn't. The program has taught me that. I'm sure that you have your own early story about three C's. Oh, yeah, everybody does. I mean, it's right in our newcomer welcome in every meeting. The the fourth C, you know, was the one I really had to focus on, though. Contribute. Do I contribute to the problem? And the answer to that was 100%. You know, I had definitely had a role in this. I contributed to it by trying to control it, you know, by trying to cure it. That contributed to the problem and gave away my power. So that's huge. Episode 81, the three C's. Actually, the three C's is what got me to Eleanor because I was at a recovery center where uh, my wife was in treatment and they were telling us about, you know, the disease of alcoholism and, and the guy up front of the room says, you didn't cause it. You can't cure it. You can't control it. And maybe people had said those words to me before, but that day I heard them. That day I heard them, and and I felt you know literally almost felt this way. I felt lighter. I felt lighter, at least in my spirit, if not in my body, because I had been trying to carry a weight that was not mine to be able to carry. And that evening I went to my first meeting because it's like if I can't fix her and I'm miserable, I got to try something. Yeah. And I heard about this Al-Anon thing. I have no idea how it's going to help me. But it might. And I don't know what else to try. And that, that was how I got to my first Al-Anon meeting. 
And so the three C's brought me to Al-Anon, literally. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this one's a bit, a bit of a stretch. There are six P's that are mentioned in a reading about step six in Paths to Recovery. These are words that the person who was sharing used to help them get past a character defect that they're maybe not ready to let go of quite yet. And their perspective, pain, prayer, patience, process, and payoff. I never remember all six of them. I always have to go look yeah. them up. I know exactly where to look them up because it's in the first sharing uh, under step 10 in the book, Past Recovery. But the ones that I do remember that I apply on a regular basis when I'm having trouble let go of, of something that, you know, isn't working for me anymore, a character defect, in other words, a shortcoming, whatever you want to call it, are pain and payoff. Because that's the balance for me. What pain is this thing causing me? But there must still be a payoff if I don't want to let go of it. What is that payoff? And when I, when I can look at that and when I can list that out explicitly, like what is the payoff of procrastinating? The payoff of procrastinating is like I feel like I'm getting more done because I'm not doing this other thing or something. Or I don't have to face something painful. But the pain of procrastinating is that I still have to do it at some point. Or I don't do it and then, you know, that's painful because it was something I needed to do. And so when I can actually – look at that explicitly and I can balance that. I can say, okay, no, really procrastinating is it's hurting me more than it's helping me. And, and I need to practice, you know, I know I can ask my higher power for help on this on step seven, but I do need to practice actually doing things. I'm facing procrastination on something for that. I've been procrastinating on for quite a while and there's a deadline coming up and I'm going to have to do it. And I know I'm going to have to do it. And why the hell didn't I do it? You know, months ago when I could have, you know, <laughs> It's taken up space rent-free in my head right now, and it, I don't need it to be there. But, uh, you know, anyway, so um, it's, a good, it's a good one for me right now. Episode 258 on perspective, that was us, right? Yeah, one of my favorites. And also step six, uh, episode 28. I think I talked about it there. Martin also sent some alliterations, uh, again, several of which we've talked about. Awareness, acceptance, action, three A's, three C's. Oh, I have a little rant about the three C's. Reading on step one in the book, Paths to Recovery, the version of the book I have says the three C's, the more recent printing of the book. They just got rid of the the three C's part of it. They still say, you know, didn't cause, can't cure, can't control or whatever, but they got rid of it. And, and for me, like being able to say the three C's, like that's like two words, two syllables. It's easier for me to remember than all three of the And C's, it's the three C's and it's, what are they? Control, cure, cause. Right. Okay. I don't know why they took it out. I'm, I'm annoyed. <laughs> he also has three other C's. Have I criticized? Have I condemned? Have I complained? Ooh, yeah. Good questions for step four. Uh, three G's. Get off his back, get out of his way, and get on with your life. I like that. I've never heard it before. Oh, wow. I love it. Love it. <laughs> Four M's, managing manipulation, martyring and motherdom, or mothering and martyrdom, whatever. Uh, the three P's. Four P's. Why don't we forgive? Protection, power, pride, and punishment. Ooh. Wow. Sounds like a movie. <laughs> and again, have not... I have not heard that one before. Um, no. The next one, he's got three S's. I definitely have heard the phrase selfish, self-seeking, and self-centered. Again, more from the AA side, I think. Wow. Lots. The, the AA, they have like pages. I, I Googled it. There's hundreds. 
Yep. So that is the end of our long, long list of <laughs> acronyms and, and alliterations. Tara left a voicemail that also kind of, um, I think, summarizes a little bit what we've been talking about and, and lists some of her favorites. Hi, Spencer and everyone. This is Tara from Minnesota, and I'm calling about your acronyms and alliterations episode. The first thing I thought of, actually, when you mentioned the episode is uh, a recent episode I had listened to. I have no idea which number it could have been. And I think it was when you and Pat were talking, or possibly it was Wendy. And there was a point where you guys were talking about sayings, Elanon sayings, Spencer, I think you said that your sponsor once said, if you want to sound wise, say it twice. And so sayings like, you know, it is what it is, first things first, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I thought that was just such a striking and fun thing to hear. And so I wanted to mention it here. The alliterations and acronyms that I use, I'll List them, list the ones that I am currently using, and then I'll kind of talk about them a little bit. So you got the three C's, the three P's, and the three A's. Then you got progress, not perfection, first things first, halt, think, and fine. So when I first started Al-Anon, I think it was maybe within my first month, I heard about the three C's. Even though it's in our introduction, spelled out, it wasn't until someone actually said the three C's of, we did not cause the alcoholism, we cannot cure it, and we cannot control it. And within my first month of hearing that, or because I heard it within my first month of Al-Anon, that became a huge tool to me, especially the cannot control it, because I already was fine with the um, causing and the caring. But what I struggled with was controlling. And at that, by that point, I understood I couldn't control it, but it was still really, really hard to accept that. And I remember when I would leave for work every morning, I'd step out of the house, stand in the driveway in front of my car and just go, I cannot control if he drinks today. I cannot control if he drinks today. I cannot control if he drinks today. And that helped me to not emotionally spin out and freak out about, oh, did I do everything I possibly could have to help him today? You know, did I get him, you know, enough food to eat? And did I get enough things that would keep him, you know, keep him busy or interested? Did I not leave anything stressful around for him to freak out about? You know, it's the the control aspect, the third C of control really helped me enormously. And then I also added my own fourth C, which I'm getting the impression a lot of people add a fourth C to this one. But my fourth C was choices. And finding out that I actually had choices is what helped lead me to Al-Anon in the first place. That one I always think of when I think of the three C's is, you know, can't, didn't cause it, can't cure it, can't control it, but I do have choices. The three A's, which is awareness, acceptance, and action. I remember listening to the three A's episode. I forgot to look, but I think it's like one of the first 10 episodes that you did for this podcast. I remember hearing it maybe a year or two ago and listening and going, this is I don't like this. I'm not comfortable with this. This is ridiculous. I don't agree with it. No, just complete rejection. 
And then for some reason, I don't know how or where it transitioned, but I realized maybe a month, maybe two or three or four months ago, I realized that I was starting to transition on how I thought of the three A's. And actually, when we were talking about one of the steps, step seven, I was sitting there going, wow, this is just like the three A's. It's about, you know, awareness and then accepting and then taking an action. And it was, it's just so interesting how there are tools that at the beginning of the program or beginning of my journey with the program were things that I, you know, um, take what you like and leave it. Well, I left it. (laughs) I left it real fast. But then over time, I, f- I can see the value of those tools, like the slogans and like certain items, like the three A's. And I just find that journey to be fascinating and wonderful. So I just wanted to share that. For the three P's, that was a huge one when I first heard it on your podcast. The three P's of perfection, procrastination, and paralysis. This I can enormously identify with. And as it turns out, having learned about it, I was able to identify my behaviors and it made it easier to work with them and to actually make progress with (laughs) progress with my behaviors. So for example, as is often the case, I use my Al-Anon tools at work I find success with my Al-Anon tools at work first before I see the success at home. But at work, there's, you know, a few tasks I do that are um, enormously stressful and I fully engage into the three Ps with them. And recognizing that I have made a lot of progress with being able to identify that's what I'm doing or that's what I'm about to do and to take a different action instead. The tools I use for the three P's also fit into this podcast podcast episode because it's progress, not perfection, and first things first. Those are the two two tools I use enormously with the three P's. And progress, not perfection, is actually particularly important to me because that was the first, well, I guess besides the three C's, the progress, not perfection was the first slogan type item in Al-Anon that I first actually took seriously. Because before that, everything seemed so tried and ridiculous and completely worthless in terms of what I was going through. But progress, not perfection, just one day, I I thought of it when I was in a stressful situation and I was able to use it. And from then on, I've held on to that so tightly and it has helped me so enormously at work, at home. And the big thing with progress, not perfection, is it really helps me in terms of being gentle with myself. Because I look at things I do or don't do and go, I just, I can make progress. I don't have to make this perfect. You know, I may not have five hours after work to clean the kitchen, but I can take five, I can take 10 minutes and that's okay. And I can be okay with that. And examples like that. For the last three, we got halt, think, and fine. For halt, which is hungry, angry, lonely, tired, that one is just a really nice way to check in on myself. And actually, 
more so, strangely enough, I actually use it as a way to check in where my husband is at. Uh, my husband is my loved one who uh, struggles with active alcoholism. And sometimes I can look at him and go, oh, yep, hungry. Maybe not angry or or lonely sometimes, but hungry and tired. Yep, that's what's going on. Okay, let's suggest something that might be useful, such as if we're out and about, say, okay, how about we go home and eat something and rest? You know, that's that's one of the ways I use it somewhat often. Think, which is looking at what I'm doing or saying or thinking and go, is it thoughtful, honest, intelligent? necessary and kind. That is one that I am trying to include in my regular recovery nowadays. That's one that I'm, you know, every time I hear it, I'm like, "Ah, I want to work on that one. I want to work on that one. Because it's a really good tool to just have ready to go and to help me when I hit the pause button, which I use that a lot. When I hit the pause button, I can go through that, go through think and assess where I'm at and where I want to go. And the last one I just think is just so great. The fine, because I can't tell you how often I would say I'm fine, especially in the early days of the alcoholism before I found my own recovery, or found my own path to recovery. And the fine is fucked up, insecure and neurotic. And yep, I fit all of those just fine. (laughs) Ha ha. That's all I got for that. But if Eric is actually co-hosting with you today, I just want to say, Eric, you're wonderful. I love when you're on the show and you bring so much recovery and I learned so much from you. Off the top of my head, the one thing I can remember vividly is your fight fire with a blowtorch. I love that line, but there's so much you bring to the show and it's great. It's great to hear you when you come on. Well, thank you, everyone. Appreciate you listening and um, look forward to the show. Talk to you later. Bye. Okay, and then we picked out some songs. Uh, I think you've got a couple with alliterations in, in your first one here. Let It Be by the Beatles. A Whisper, Words of Wisdom. There's the alliteration. Yeah. And, you know, almost everybody on the planet certainly knows this song. And when the night is cloudy, there's still a light that shines on me. Shine until tomorrow. Let it be. I wake up to the sound of music. Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be, let it be. And this, you know, just briefly... I didn't really know the meaning behind this song and those places online, obviously you can find out the meaning and briefly the meaning behind this is not what you would have assumed, which is something religious about mother Mary. Yes. It's that his mother was named Mary. And one night uh, it's, it's quoted here. It's a very positive song owing its inspiration. One night, Mrs. McCarty was paranoid and anxious and had a dream where he saw his mother. Mary, who had been dead for 10 years, she came to him in his time of trouble speaking words of wisdom that brought him much peace when he needed it. It was this sweet dream that got him to begin writing the song. Pretty cool. Yeah. And let it be, let it go. Pretty close. Yep. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery. Thinking back over the last couple of weeks... The first thing that comes to mind that I had to use many of the principles of this program, many of my rec- what I've learned in recovery, was when we failed to record this podcast last Sunday, which I didn't figure out until Monday evening when I was getting ready to edit it. And I pulled the audio files from the recorder, and they didn't really seem 
long enough, like way not long enough, like 1% of how big it should have been or something. And I imagine some cuss words escaped my lips. I'm sure they did. But then I thought, well, okay, that didn't work out the way I planned. What is the next right thing to do? What can I do? You know, first things first is a big principle of the program. And the first thing was that, well, I was not going to be editing together an episode about acronyms and alliterations. And so what do I do? Well, as those of you who listened heard, I recorded a short message about technical difficulties because I think I still wasn't in a place to be able to say, yeah, I screwed up. This is what actually happened. It was technical difficulty. I forgot to push the button. I guess that's technical. I don't know. And I said, well, here's an opportunity, right? There's an opportunity to get a few more of you to contribute your favorite acronym or alliteration. And you did, you know? In fact, a couple more had already arrived between not recording on Sunday and planning to edit on Monday, and I was going to stick those in. But I think we ended up really with a better episode. And it reminds me that although I've been doing this for a while, though I have 280-something episodes in, that I'm still not perfect. You know, practice makes progress. I probably won't make that mistake again for a while. And in fact, the next morning I was listening to a podcast by a guy who's been doing it much longer than I have. And he said, you know, this is the second time I've recorded this episode because the first time I hit pause and then I forgot to unpause and I was talking along and I looked over and the little red light was still blinking. So I started over. Everybody makes mistakes. We're all human. I guess that's that's the lesson. I think with, with the principles of recovery, I recovered from that mistake maybe quicker than I would have otherwise. And I'm able to come out and say, you know, this is what happened. Step 10, when I was wrong, probably admitted it, right? Okay. My Saturday morning meeting last week was the third Saturday. Yeah, third Saturday of the month. And the month being March, we talked about tradition three, which says the relatives of alcoholics when gathered together for mutual aid may call themselves an Al-Anon family group, provided that as a group they have no other affiliation. The only requirement for membership is that there be a problem of alcoholism in a relative or friend. That tradition is, is a really important one for newcomers. My first meeting that I went to that was my home group for a long time, after each meeting would hold a what we called a beginner's meeting, set up a small circle off in a corner of the room, and one person who had some time in the program would lead that that circle where people who were new to the program could have an opportunity to learn more about the program, to ask questions. Because that meeting was a fairly large one, and not everybody got a chance to speak. We did not have an opportunity really to address the meeting specifically to newcomers, partly because being a large meeting, there were often newcomers. My smaller meetings, when we get somebody who's new to the program, we'll do a first step with that person, with at least some of the people in the room. With a large meeting, if you're doing that every week, you never get past the first step. And also, in that large meeting format, it may be uncomfortable for somebody who's new to speak up, to ask a question, which of course can't be answered directly in in the meeting where there's no crosstalk. So anyway, we had this beginner's meeting. I would lead it on occasion. It was a good form of service, helped to reinforce my program. And one of the questions that was frequently asked were one of the statements that people who were new, maybe first time, second time, made was, I don't really know if I qualify to be here. I'm not sure why I'm here. What you guys said tonight, like a lot of it resonated with me, but I don't think I have alcoholism in my life. 
the beauty of the third tradition, and this is expressed, I think, very well in the discussion of the tradition in our book, How Al-Anon Works. There's a paragraph towards the end. It says, it is not always easy for newcomers to know whether or not they belong. Many of us had to overcome years of denial before we even suspected that alcoholism existed in our families. All we knew at first was that we identified strongly with the feelings we heard expressed in meetings and that we felt at home. Without having been part of an Al-Anon group, we might never have realized that we had been affected by this disease. Had anyone demanded that we justify our participation in an Al-Anon group, we probably couldn't have done so. Fortunately, it is left to us to decide for ourselves in our own time whether or not we are qualified for membership. Thus, even if they feel uncertain about whether or not they are in the right place, newcomers are always welcome in Al-Anon. That paragraph right there is why I feel that this is maybe the most important tradition for newcomers. They're all important. Earlier today at work, every every week, my work team, we take an hour to look back over the week, to take the inventory of the group effectively, to see where we did well, to see where we could have done better, to see how we can improve the way we work as a group and as individuals. Today, the format of that inventory, which we call retrospective, looking back, was what uh, our leader in, in the meeting calls an M&M retrospective. There was a cup filled with M&Ms of different colors, and there were questions on the wall, a different question for each color. And so when the cup came to you, you pick out an M&M, and then you answer or follow the directions for that color. Some of the things were obvious, like, what did we do well this week? What could we have done better this week? What are your concerns for the coming weeks? There was one that said, ask the team a question or give some advice to the team. That one was kind of fun. She said, you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily work-related advice. You could say, don't eat yellow snow. (laughs) That got a chuckle, of course. The question for the brown M&M was, what character trait of yours enhances or inhibits participation in the team? And I could see people were like, I don't want to get that one. That's an that's an uncomfortable question for a lot of people. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for that one. I have my inventory. I can pull some things off the inventory that I know are true for me, that are ways in which I enhance the behavior of the team, and some that are ways in which I interfere with the well-functioning of the team. Straight from program. Really, really easy. Now, you know, more than 15 years in. Anyway, a little bit lighthearted look at the, the use of program, use of recovery principles in my life. Well, I won't go back two weeks, but I will go back. Let's see. Uh, I think last Saturday was a meeting, uh, my, my typical Saturday meeting detachment, saying no responsibility. I wrote not to prevent or create a crisis. And here, look, I wrote, am I causing, creating, controlling, or contributing? Oh, there you go. There's four, yeah. four versions of C's. I wrote down uh, a phrase I'd heard. It's not, it's not a quote, but it's buried within a reading on courage to change on uh, May 3rd by Mark Twain and says, a man who carries a cat by the tail learns something he can learn no other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Natural consequences, yeah. right? Then uh, I guess this was a, a Saturday yesterday. Uh, I think I shared on step two. The speaker said she was so relieved with step one that it wasn't all her doing and couldn't control it. She was relieved. She found relief. Uh, I wrote, willingness seemed to be relevant here. Do you believe God? I was thinking about our episode today. From Hope for Today, I wrote a quote in my little notebook that said, it is in trying to understand less that I understand more. 
pretty cool. Uh. In my share, I referenced one of my other favorite quotes, which I think is a Zen or Chinese proverb, which is, if you understand, things are just as they are. If you don't understand, things are just as they are. So (laughs) she said, yeah, she said in hers, there's an interesting version on let go, let God. She said, how about let go, let go. (laughs) And then she, she, one of the other shares in the meeting had a great little story. The more I'm thinking about it, the more I laugh about it. She said, well, I heard this kind of joke that seems relevant here. She said someone uh, she heard was, had told, told a little story and she'd fallen off a cliff. And she was hanging from this little branch or a root or something off of this cliff. And she yelled out, God, help me. And she heard the voice come down from the heavens that said, just let go. And she said, is there anybody else up there I can talk to? It's <laughs> 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 so good. Oh, let's see. Happy, joyous, and free was referenced. Living in the wreckage of the future. There we go again. Yeah. And then that lovely... Oh, that was really the great little reference here to Q-tip I put in when we spoke earlier, which was uh, someone share that said the alcoholics, my alcoholics, primary tools and weapons to create anxiety and provoke loss of temper. If I can remember that, I can remember to quit taking it personally because this is not the person, it is the disease. So it's kind of where I am. And then the men's group last night was just myself and another guy, and we just sat and talked about our things that are going on in our lives. So good week. I have no idea what I'm doing next week. I will I'm going to reach out to some people who have offered to participate, and hopefully one of them will say yes. Uh, I actually met a guy yesterday. Well, I'd met him before, but not sort of formally, and, and one of my friends in the program who's been on this podcast before said, hey, uh, Spencer here, he does the podcast, and and this guy says, oh, I've been enjoying it. And and uh, my friend went on to say, and he's looking for guests. Would you be interested? And And this guy's like, well, maybe I would. So... Uh, you know, at some point, I said, if you have a topic you want to talk about, let me know the topic. And if you can also give me some sort of thought questions to help explore the topic, that would be even better. Or if you just want to tell your story, we can do that too. And I'll tell you what, if you're listening right now and, and that applies to you, if you have a topic you want to talk about and you can send me maybe five or six thought questions about that topic to help us explore it and you're willing to uh, to do that with me, then... Uh, we can do that. Or if you just want to tell your story, that's also something that uh, I've been enjoying those episodes. They're a lot easier for me to prepare for, for one thing. Anyway, Eric, how can people send us feedback or contribute their voice? You're still recording, right? I am. Uh, just checking. <laughs> uh, you can call, <laughs> you can call there's a, a little dig. I had to throw that in. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at the recovery.show. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope or your questions about today's topic of acronyms and alliterations, or any of our past episodes or discussions. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. Our website is therecovery.show, which has all the information about the show, notes for each episode, which you can find at therecovery.show slash number. In other words, therecovery.show slash 284 for this one. As I said, it may also show up when you swipe 
left or up on your podcast app on your phone or maybe right. I don't know. I don't know all the podcast apps, but most of them provide some way to get to the show notes. Also have links to the music we talk about, links to, in this case, all of the episodes and books and everything that we've mentioned in this in this episode of the podcast. I'm going to take a break before we look at our emails and voicemails. And you had another alliteration song. P-P-P-P-P-P-O. Okay. Pay Paradise and put up a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. You know, the words are fun and funny and interesting, but really the song is about appreciation and gratitude. When I looked it up, they took all the trees and put them in a tree museum. They charged all the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Don't it always seem to go? You don't know what you've got till it's gone. So the song is, you know, Joni Mitchell wrote when she lived in Hawaii and, uh, it's really about taking things that it says in the notes I read about the song. The song is about taking things for granted and then missing them when they're gone. So it really, for me, speaks to gratitude, appreciation, and kind of awareness. Well, Eric and I ran out of time to finish recording the podcast. He had to go, I had to go. So I'm back and I'm finishing the podcast solo with email and voicemail. And marie sent an email which she included a trigger warning about sexual abuse. Hi Spencer, Anne-Marie here. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now and I have benefited greatly from your experience, strength, and hope. It's definitely a lifeline when I'm unable to attend meetings. I'm writing also because I'm too shy to leave a message and most of the time my shares are very nonlinear. I feel lucky to hear your guest speaker about Essanon, and then your recent email read where someone was asking for more about the Essanon and CODA program. I decided to contact and let you know my story, as it might speak to others in similar situations or feelings. I've attended CODA program in the past, but found that it did not have the specificity of the COSA program that I so very much needed. COSA, which stands for Codependence of Sex Addicts, is a lot like Elanon and Essanon for spouses, friends, and loved ones of sex addicts. I do take a lot from COSA meetings in person, Zoom meetings, and over-the-phone meetings. I came to the program from the recommendation of my therapist. I was in crisis after learning my current partner was showing the signs of being a sex addict. It wasn't my first rodeo, as I was already two years out of a marriage to another sex addict, and that wasn't my first either. As I started to see a pattern, I realized I needed help, as I thought my picker was broken. Through attending meetings and doing step work, I realized that my family of origin had taught me the patterns that I'm currently working, with the help of a God of my understanding, on changing. I realized that after observing my family not protecting me from being molested by an uncle as a young child, and continued to see patterns where the only attention I received from anyone of romantic interest was that of a sexual nature. Through growing up in the 80s and seeing how sexualized women were in the media, I subconsciously thought that sex was my only worth to others, thus throwing myself in relations and situations which attracted sex addicts. By attending COSA and working on the steps with a sponsor, I realized the truth to my sad and sometimes shameful past, but I have grown from it in so many important ways. I've learned detachment with love, my self-worth as an independent, creative, smart, and strong woman. I'm no longer living in a stressful state of trying to constantly satisfy and keep the sex addict in my life interested in me. I'm exercising self-care, and have found a very sober, heartfelt meeting here in California, where I feel safe, accepted, understood, and loved. I'm no longer obsessed with what my partner is doing, nor do I feel like I need to protect them, control them, or control any of the situations that used to drive me batshit crazy in the past. 
I've noticed that my work has been more focused. My self-expression has been more honest and direct. I've been honoring my needs and myself for the first time in many years. I found the gifts of the program have come to be as I continued working my program. Thank you for your Elanon service, as it's constructed with similar principles and language. Just the addiction is a little bit different to the program I'm working. Blessings from Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, thank you for, you know, having the, the courage to write and share your experience. Because, again, I'm sure that somebody, some people listening, will connect with that. And maybe we'll find the same sort of help that you found. So, thank you very much. Pat left us another voicemail. Spencer, this is Pat from the West Coast again. Another thing I'd like to share regarding the trust episode, I loved braving. That really, really delineated so many different aspects that come with trust. And something I just thought of the other day is that V, the vault, is that when someone puts something in the vault, they can be trusted or we can be trusted to keep it there. And part of keeping it there for me, I realized, is that someone I trust, I don't give it to them, and then doesn't come back to me during an argument or during as a form of manipulation. That's something, that's another point of trust that I've experienced in the past where I've had my trust really badly broken. It's really hard to heal, and, and oftentimes I can never truly trust that person to the same extent again when they've used what I've told them as a weapon. And that's, it's very unfortunate. Another thing I'd like to share about Renee Brown's braving concept is that it really helps me understand that trust is not an all or nothing thing, is that I can trust someone on five of those elements, but not all, what, seven of them. And that's, actually a little bit freeing because because if it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing then I can it allows me a lot of gray space in my relationships and gray space that's okay and it also helps me set boundaries too. I love and trust this person except when it comes to this particular element. So it, it was just a thought that occurred to me right after I called last time. So thanks and take care. Bye bye. Thanks Pat. Thanks for sharing. Your thoughts there about trust and gray. Yeah. Joan writes, I have been considering for some time to express my recovery in writing or podcast. I'm just having a hard time capsulating it. When I listened to your podcast, I thought it may be a good way to get started. I've been in Al-Anon for over 25 years. I've also been a member of TAP, the Addict's Parents, a group formed in Columbus, Ohio. I was married to an addict for 29 years and have a daughter that is in recovery from heroin and painkiller addiction. My daughter was an active addict for over 15 years and has been in recovery for four. I've gained a lot of insight through the program and my involvement with addiction. My best insight about being involved with an addict is that I was no different from my addict. I just chose to deal with my emotional issues in different ways. I did not realize it, but at first my involvement with my husband had to do with feeling better than him because he was the person with problems. Therefore, in my mind, I was the good person. Thus, being a codependent to an addict gave my self-esteem a false sense of hierarchy on the good and bad scales of life. When I was humbled by that defect, I realized that what we all have in common with the addict is the immature ability to express and care for our own emotional well-being. There is no higher education that teaches you how to express and self-care your own personal emotions in a healthy way, except for 12-step programs. My goal in recovery is to educate the public about the label of addiction, remove judgment and stereotypes, and focus on what would help. In my daughter's situation, she was diagnosed as bipolar, which fueled her to self-medicate for years before a doctor actually diagnosed her. 
I would love to be on your podcast to share stories of my recovery as well as how I navigated through 15 years of my daughter's addiction. If this sounds interesting to you, let me know. Joan. Thanks, Joan, for for sharing your experience and for offering to be a guest on the podcast. Maurice commented on episode 261, which was titled Enabling or Empowering. Another episode with Eric. Hi, Spencer. Your guest on this episode shared my story exactly. My wife is a raging alcoholic. Right now, she is sober nine months. We have two young daughters, and I've had to leave many times, sometimes towing my girls in the middle of the night, other times just running away from the crazy rage. She is a scary person and still has this behavior. Fortunately or unfortunately, we are separated right now. She is still blaming me for many of her issues and doesn't seem to have taken full accountability for her disease. I know that there is nothing that I can do about it, and it isn't a true reflection on me. Thanks for writing, Maurice. I'll pass that on to Eric as well. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ears. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Jamie, Debbie, Jennifer, and Beth did. And thank you again, Jamie, Debbie, Jennifer, and Beth. The last song, and I picked this one as an acronym song, is called FEAR. F-E-A-R, I guess is its actual title. It's by Ian Brown. He starts out the song with a whole bunch of unpackings of that acronym, most of which are not ones that we've talked about. For each a road, for every man a religion, find everybody and rule, for everything and rumble, forget everything and remember, for everything a reason, and forgive everybody and remember. And there are more. So I just thought it's one of our favorite acronyms and and he's got a whole bunch of different ways of looking at it. So I picked it for that reason. Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love and peace grow in you one day at a time.